one and we are recording with mr mark morano and today we're going to go over uh esg today's tuesday september 20th 2022 at 2 15 p.m eastern time two things real quick uh when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Shout out to my mom. She actually recommended your book to me about two months ago. And uh Great Reset yeah. or Green Fraud? Which book? Great Great Reset. She's okay. watched, I think, every episode, and I don't think she's ever recommended a book to me. So that is for whatever it's worth, you're you're in an uh, in an elite club. And um another one of my friends, uh Dan, uh occasionally tries to get cool guests from me. He's got me some really cool guests, and uh he sent me a message today and he's like, and I don't even glance at him, I just trust him intuitive instinctively. And he's like, you got to email him, dude, got you another one. He always screenshots me the conversations. So you know, that's how he got me. Dave Collum, Tom Luongo, James Kunstler. And I was like, cool. And I just glanced and I was like, Climate Depot. And I go, that's Mark Morano. And he goes, yeah. And I go, I've already interviewed him. He goes, what? And I go, I'm interviewing him again today. And he goes, oh, Jesus. And he goes, all right, well, give me a shout out. So shout out, Dan. But, uh, you know, but uh, Mr. Morano, please introduce yourself real quick. And then because I got you for a limited uh, amount of time, Please walk me. I can. I always sometimes like to pawn it off on my audience. I'm like, walk my audience through, but really also walk me through what exactly ESG is. All right. Well, it's called environmental social governance. And this is the brainchild, you know, essentially beginning in academia, supported by the United Nations, supported by the World Economic Fund, and now supported by the United States government. Uh, this was a situation where World Economic Forum and the United States Department, State Department entered into a partnership uh, at, a few years ago at the United Nations Summit. So it's now officially a metric, you know, in partnership with the United States uh, State Department. And it's the idea here is no longer are businesses going to be evaluated on profitability whether the product's good, whether they make a good product, whether they return money to their investors, the traditional sort of free market investments. Instead, environmental, social, and governance is all about how your business or your investment deals with the earth, whether it's friendly to the earth, whether it helps the earth, or whether it's harming the earth. Social can cover everything from transgender to critical race theory, um, and in this whole scenario, and of course, governance is just how how well you are doing as a company uh, meeting these metrics that you have. And, it, and it's a um, it's a whole new way, essentially, of remaking society without people ha voting on the changes. So it's a way for equity asset firms, particularly BlackRock, led by their CEO, Larry Fink, who actually says, we need to use coercion to get this change. And in a, in a simple term, 40 years ago, progressive left-leaning liberals railed on big business. Uh, and there was always the bane of big business. They actually railed on big Ten government. Years 10 years yeah, ago at Occupy Wall Street. Even 15, yes, even that. But I'm just talking about in the 70s, 80s, 90s. And yeah, you're right. Even even that, as briefly as that, the Occupy Wall Street era. 
So what's happened here is what's happened in the last decade in particular is they're no longer, but I was about to say they're also railed about institutions of the government. They didn't trust the Pentagon. They didn't trust the executive branch. I mean, if you think back to the journalists, if you think back to progressives, you know, question authority, 60s, 70s, they didn't trust the narrative on the Vietnam War. They didn't. They toppled a president with Richard Nixon, calling him King Richard, didn't trust anything out of the Nixon White House. They didn't trust anything coming from these official establishments. But what's happened now is because, and it's sort of led by things like environment, social governance, wasn't called that back then, but they've essentially captured not just the bureaucracies of the government, not just the agencies, but now they're so powerful that they're that every corporate Fortune 500 company internationally cowers in fear at these woke progressive activists pushing critical race theory, pushing transgender ideology, pushing uh, all of these metrics that have to do with climate, clean energy uh, on these, and keep in mind, on the businesses in the West. And we'll get to that later of how, how somehow China doesn't is exempt from this because the same activists will praise China, do deals with China, but they don't apply these same metrics to China. So essentially, this is a way to bypass democracy and it's a way to bypass a free market system by making the ESG uh, you know, the law of the land, if you will. And they use investors' retirement funds. These are equity asset firms, State Street, BlackRock, um, Vanguard, and these are p- people invest their retirements, their 401ks. So in fact, Vivek Ramaswamy said, unlike George Soros, he's actually using his own money to influence our political system and our economic system. Whereas these equity asset firms and the woke climate activists pushing this environment, social governance standards on business that have nothing to do with business anymore, they're actually using other people's money. So in a way you have to admire them for their cunning because it's not like they're Bill Gates or Soros using their own money to influence. They're using our money to manipulate and influence their agenda. And most of the people whose money they're using have no idea it's being used for this. And I'll just end with this practical comment. It makes a huge difference. Right now in the Biden administration, The biggest thing he did, a whole bunch of executive orders against energy extraction, drilling on federal lands, canceling pipelines, every agency is a cabinet agency, making it more and more difficult. But probably the most effective thing he did to shut down American energy was using environment social governance as a tool to defund fossil fuel energy projects. So under ESG. If you're a, and there's a great video out, I could almost send you the link if you wanted to play it during our interview. It's one minute long. It was done by a room, a, a group called the Culture War Room. And they actually go through and they show a Texas, an actor playing a Texas oilman who goes and sits down at a bank with a young employee, like a guy in his 20s. And he says, Hi, I have an oil driller and I got an oil. I wanted to get a loan because I found a lot of oil and I want to start drilling for our country and make money. And they're like, oh, we'll sit down. Now, let's see. My pronouns are, so the bank loan officer starts giving all his pronouns, as you know, as you would expect. And then they ask him, what is going on with, you know, how could you have an oil company? This is bad for the environment. I'm sorry. That's really going to be horrible for your ESG score. We're not going to be able to approve a loan. But he goes, all is not lost. Do you have, how many women do you have in your company? And the guy said, well, sorry. Yeah, we're all a bunch of men drillers. We don't have any. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. 
For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I mean, hold on. We're still, we still have some more opportunities. Have you ever identified as a woman? Do you have any pronouns? So they, they started coming up with all this criteria that woke climate activists would recognize. And of course, the Texas oil man in this scenario had no idea. So by the end of it, it's very clear that he is not going to get a bank loan to do any oil drilling, despite the fact that we're in an energy crisis now in America. And it's because directly of these ESG standards. And this is actually a very effective way because if you're an investor, if you have an energy project and you want to invest and you want to seek investors, they know that if you can't get bank loans, if you can get it, you're going to have a smaller loan than you want. You're going to have higher interest rates because your ESG score is going to be terrible because anything fossil fuel related is going to get a low ESG score. As a whole, the United States ranks, I think, 55, 56 for our ESG score. Good. Countries with near perfect ESG scores, the country of Sri Lanka had almost perfect ESG score and at like 97, 98. And of course, the whole country toppled because they went all organic, banned <laughs> modern farming and the country went under and the presidential palace was overrun with the peasants swimming in a swimming pool and everything else. And the leader had to exile. But this is our world today. And that's in a nutshell, the gist of environmental and social governance and how it's working in our world today. Okay, so. One, if I ever start drilling for oil, I'll just put on a dress and some prosthetic breasts and I'll get a trillion dollar loan. So, <laughs> yes, so get rid of the profit incentive, the thing that drives society forward. No, it's not perfect. But in the grand scheme of human history, profit motive has been the most successful thing. And uh, yeah. as secondary effects is created the most wealth for the no- most number of people. I forget who said it, but he goes, you know, America successful because our poorest people are fat. Whereas you got to be a well, you got to be a connected guy in the Soviet Union to have meat on your bones. So ESG, so environmental, let's just break it down real quick. Who defines that? Who defines that this is, who defines what's safe and effective? Who defines what's hate speech? Is it, you know, I think we've seen through Facebook, through YouTube, through Instagram, that it is not, uh, it's not based in reality and is not bipartisan. It is who they want to push forward. Didn't Mark Zuckerberg say on Rogan a couple of weeks ago that they did have an incentive or initiative from the FBI to uh, squash the Hunter Biden laptop story during the 2020 election. Yeah. As we've seen just, you know, what's the meme, you know, by 1980, all the icebergs will be gone. By 2000, New York yeah. will be underwater. We've seen that. So not only is it not bipartisan, it's also just outright inaccurate. Social. So that means that the same people that are saying uh, it's stunning and brave for toddlers to see a man with a dick wearing a thong twerking in front of a neon sign that says it's not going to lick itself. That's social. And then governance. Well, in all of human history, there's been no more of a no more effective of a genocide architect and executor, no pun intended, than the government. So my ESG score is. Yes. And so this, and, and there's a guy named Vivek Ramaswamy, who's yeah. a biotech engineer, and he actually wrote a whole book, you know, called Woke Inc. Yeah, and I'm he tried to get him. And he, he won't respond to my emails. Oh, you tried? Okay, yeah, I'm he's trying. got his other thing. But he he's actually doing a whole uh, Wall Street thing, essentially trying to fight this. And this is the way you try to fight it. He's got he introduced, he rang the bell on Wall Street. He has a new stock out. I think it's called um, I think it's called Drill, if I'm not mistaken. But the idea is 
that it's going to counter that and seek investors who don't want to play inside this ESG world because there these these criteria I just mentioned are constantly changing. They're evolving. There's no set criteria. They can change from month to month, year to year. Your score can go up and down. It's a, depending on how, you know, essentially the social justice movement evolves and determines uh, what's what's going to affect your score. But when you have a company like BlackRock, and I write about, you know, Larry Fink in the book, uh, this, a company like BlackRock and these equity asset firms, one of the ways they get money, I mentioned retirement, but it's also when you topple like a COVID lockdown topples the economy and you lose, people lose their jobs, their business, they lose their property, they lose their farmland, they lose their livelihoods. What happens then? Well, the same companies that are imposing this ESG are the companies that come in and gobble up distressed real estate. So in the book I opened with the, in my book, The Great Reset, about how State Street, BlackRock, equity asset firms come in in major cities from San Francisco, New York, Washington area, the wealthiest area, and they're wiping out entire neighborhoods, buying up whole neighborhoods, turning owners into renters. They're buying up distressed real estate. So the rich get richer and the poor get poorer in that scenario, the shrinking middle class. Same thing's happening in farmland. Distressed farmers, because of now these new regulations, they're shutting down modern agriculture. We're seeing it real time in the Netherlands. Uh, you know, these over 11,000 family run farms are going to go under. They're probably going to be equity asset firms. Who knows if China, but in the United States, Bill Gates in China are competing. Bill Gates is now the single largest fam farmland owner in America. He, you can't compete. NBC News reported average farmers and family run farms can't compete with the likes of Bill Gates bidding on property. And if they go under or go into auction, these big firms, China, Bill Gates, billionaires, equity, buy up this. And may, maybe if they're lucky, the farmer can stay in the old homestead, but this time they'll be renters. In a, in a sort of homage to feudal serfdom where you till the land, but you don't own it and you have no chance of owning it. But this is what's happening in terms of environment, social governance. It is a way to impose essentially the Green New Deal and an entire host of social issues without a vote of Congress, without a referendum, without state houses, without anyone, city councils, without people voting on it. This is happening behind the scenes. John Kerry, our, our, our climate envoy under Biden, is all in on this. He goes to these companies and he gets climate pledges from them. And this is all part of the environment social governance. And then these companies, in order to do business, get contracts, get favorable regulations from the government, because the government is, uh, you know, comes in as a bully and as essentially saying, do it our way or you're going to have, you'll find that your life is not, it's going to be miserable. Hey, extra 86,000 IRS agents can't hurt in imposing your will on the what's left of the private sector in America. So John Kerry goes in and demands these CEOs sign these climate pledges, which essentially is another form of ESG. It's these companies saying that they will not pursue avenues of business that harm the earth. Now, I won't even get into the perversion of how they define that, because in their minds, solar panels and windmills and electric cars are beautiful for the earth. And yet, you know, drilling and uh, fossil fuels are not. And what doesn't make sense about that is in, we're buying 90 percent of our solar panels from China in order to make a single electric car battery. I think it was like a half of a half a billion ton of rare earth mining is necessary to dig that up. Done in China, South America, Africa, in the Congo, run by Chinese companies with some of the lowest environmental standards, 
some of the lowest human rights standards. There's allegations of underage child kids labor. and forced child labor working there. You'd think ESG would be all over that. But in my book, The Great Reset, and in all the research of people who've been in corporate, like people like Vivek Ramaswamy, they will tell you firsthand that none of these applications we just went through of environment and social governance gets applied to China. So in other words, if you're Disney, if you're the NBA, if you're uh, any major Fortune 500 and you want to do a contract with China, you don't have to worry about the ESG score. In China, if you were applying environment, social governance adequately and fairly, China would be rock bottom in the entire listing. The Middle East oil would be rock bottom. Hey, it didn't stop Joe Biden from begging OPEC for more oil as he as he shuts down U.S. domestic energy with ESG standards. So do you see what's going on here? Part of the tenet of the Great Reset is the U.S. will no longer be a superpower. How do you make that happen? Well, we're seeing it in real time. You shut down a domestic energy, which kills economic growth, which then our industrial base moves overseas to China, India, and we have ghost towns left in America. And then what's left of the companies, you further throttle them down while you, while you stand with these high standards that you don't apply to the countries that are coming in and, and gutting us out even further, i.e. China. And this is why I can't remember. John Cena, I think, was his name. The, uh, the oh, woke yeah. Hollywood actor who mentioned something about Taiwan and he realized he had gotten crosshairs. So I'm so sorry. Yes. And th OK, th that was very simply. Whoever his production, I believe he may have been affiliated with Disney and or some other Hollywood production, obviously has massive Chinese financial investors. He had no choice. He had to get that set right or whatever his projects were. He was going to be persona non grata in that line of funding that he was relying on, obviously from China. Just a small example of that kind of power. So that's why ESG is a fraud, number one, aside from the fact that clean energy, that, that ESG rates so highly like in the case of Sri Lanka, isn't actually clean. In fact, you could argue that electric cars are, are more harmful to the environment. You could argue that solar panels, uh, by the production, they require fossil fuels to make. They require rare earth mining. They require dependence on China. They have major problems with recycling, same with EV batteries, same with windmills, same with solar panels. All of those things, if you looked at it rationally, and the biggest problem is they don't produce energy anywhere near the energy. It's 4% of, global, of US energy production. And fossil fuels was estimated one coal worker produces more energy than 79 solar workers. So solar is just a, um, you know, a, 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 a almost a boutique energy at this point until it has major advancements. It cannot power modern society on it. But they don't, they know that. But what they're trying to do is depower our economy. And that's part of this, this plan is the idea that not only is there too many people in this ESG philosophy, but economic growth has been too high. And I can go to UN summits. They openly talk about uh, planned recessions to fight global warming. Well, what better way to keep economic growth and as part of a degrowth movement under control than having environment, social governance applied to all these companies and start defunding the companies that are revving up economic growth. And when you have scarcity, when you have deprivation, you're not going to have abundance. And when you don't have abundance, you generally don't have booming populations, or you could have booming populations if it's a real poor nation in development. But their goal is to make it so that people aren't thriving and eventually population will decline because of that. And you're going to have, you know, they're intentionally collapsing food, food supply, our energy supply, our transportation, banning gas-powered cars, and intentionally collapsing our 
freedom of speech, First Amendment rights through big tech government collusion. So ESG is just one of the tools, and it's specifically an economic and social justice tool as the left defines it. And this is why you now have, and it's embarrassing because even people like Noam Chomsky, who was a hero of the left, you now see modern day progressives like Jimmy Dore, who was always thought of Noam Chomsky as a hero. He actually explained it this way. When you have these intellectuals who were against the man, they were against government, they were against big business, they were speaking you know, about how we have to bring truth to power and fight all this big stuff and the government is a lies. They were saying that because other people were in charge. They weren't. Yeah. Once they became influential and essentially controlled the levers of government agencies, they control the media, they control our free speech, they control uh, the unelected bureaucrats, controlled our movement during COVID and lockdown, all this power now. Now, they don't want to, they're not going to rail against it because they're essentially have big business in beholden to them. This is exactly where they like it. So we now know that all the other stuff they said in the past was fraudulent. And that's why Noam Chomsky's lost a lot of his former followers because he's, he's all in on this climate agenda. He's all in on the COVID theater and masking. This was a huge intellect giant of the left who railed about, you know, the big government, big lies, big corporations, big business. And now, you know, essentially he's morphed into a defender of it. And all these journalists who used to question authority when a topple presidents expose the Vietnam War, Pentagon, they're now the entire job of NBS, NBC, of CNB, of CNN, all of these reporters and anchors, their entire job is to defend the power states of the government the big corporations and the government, and they defend it. If you say anything against it, that's automatically misinformation because the government says it is or because big corporation or because an unelected bureaucracy like CDC says that's not true. Therefore, you're lying. California legislator actually passed a bill telling doctors they can't say anything contrary to the public health messaging of the California government or else it'll be labeled misinformation. Australia's done the same thing. So none of this is about allowing people to have a choice. And that's what environment social governance, the evil of environmental social governance is it's really hidden and it's in a wonky world of politics and finance and, um, and essentially just, you know, for uh, policy wonks to understand the average person, in the public has no idea what environment social governance is, have no idea what it means. And it, and it just doesn't ring a bell. And that's how the actual, the progressive activists imposing this, love it because then they can just have they can run free for decades before people even catch up to what's been going on yeah i mean on one hand you got to respect how uh cunning the attack is just as like a and you know respect intelligence it's it's just like the nazis they didn't say hey we're gonna go kill all these jews they would tell the men this is so that your children don't have to fight them this is so um who was it uh who's the architect of the holocaust um Eichmann, his idea of the concentration camps was to so it would be less brutal for his men. He didn't want his men to have to carry all the bodies, which is why they used Sonderkommando, which were interned Jews. He didn't want his men to have to shoot them all in the back of the neck. It's called Gnitschusen, which is why they made showers. The entire thing was it's it's for the betterment of our own men. It's brilliant. You got to look at it and go, they're calling it environmental social uh, governance. What's well, not to like? <laughs> it's, you know, well, I have the quote here from Larry Fink. This is sure. BlackRock CEO Larry Fink. 
has admitted he believes coercion is necessary in this agenda. So what they do is behaviors are going to have to change. This is the BlackRock, the largest equity asset firm in the world. Behaviors are going to have to change. And this is what we are asking companies. You have to force behaviors. And at BlackRock, we are forcing behaviors. You have to force behaviors. If you don't force behaviors, whether it's gender or race or anything about uh, the composition of your team, you're going to be impacted. We're going to have to force change. So what he does, and Vivek Ramaswamy dealt with this firsthand, he goes to a company CEO, they can dock the pay, they can uh, go after your corporate board, they can stop your funding, they can make life very un unpleasant for you if you don't toe the line. So it's about coercion. So when you see all these companies, and I fly United Airlines, you see the little, we fly United, our carbon footprint, we care about all of that is because of VSG. All of that is because they're bending a knee at BlackRock. So if you wanted to have an airline that didn't bend a knee, you wouldn't be able to get you know, the bank financing. You wouldn't be able to get the, the corporate approval, if you will. You wouldn't be able to be a member of all the. You would have major difficulty operating as a company. So it's just easier to go along and get along. Um, and then I was going to mention the, uh, the exact thing on how uh, China works, because it's it's amazing how they literally just, they give China, they complete pass on it because China, uh, for whatever reason, climate activists love China. John Kerry loves China. China's always praised because they give all these uh, you know, climate speeches and pledges. Uh, but meanwhile, they build a coal plant a week. They have human rights problems. They're doing all the rare earth mining. They're digging up. Their, their economy is booming. Their emissions are massive compared to the United States. You can look at charts. China and India have, have caught to the point where John Kerry says, even if the U.S., Western Europe, Canada, and Australia zeroed our emissions out to nothing, the earth would, wouldn't even really notice because of the developing world led by China, India, CO2 emissions are going up so high. So In China, in terms of, you know, if we just want to say all building is bad, they poured more concrete between 2014 and 2016 than the United States did between 1900 and 2016. Yes, that's, that's from right. the book Stealth War by Brigadier General Robert Spaulding. Yeah, yes. you got to kind of dress it up. And I know we got to wrap this one up for five minutes. So I'm going to get you on here for longer than 30 minutes one of these days. But to look at it, you almost have to look at the military industrial complex, right? Late 1800s, early 1900s. We did it in the name of we had to tame the savages back when that was considered politically correct. Right. Yes. And then it was about, you know, then it was about defeating the Nazis and the Japanese. OK, then we had to, you know, they had to stop domino theory, uh, communism, Korea, Vietnam, uh, all the covert wars in uh, South America and the Middle East and, and Southeast Asia. OK, and then it moves forward to terrorism. Right. 2001. And now you can see. So just like that, how the virus and climate and they're combining yeah. this. That's well, our bigger. Well, we leave Iraq and, you know, military industrial complex like, you know, the, the machine needs to eat. So now we've just shifted to where the war hasn't stopped. They've kind of got a little better at it. Now we just don't send our U.S. boys over. Now we just ship weapons to Ukraine. So just like that is morphing. You kind of have to see this as just a profit motive in a in a sense. I, I think that there Absolutely. are a lot of true believers, but it's a way to keep it all down. All these crises you yeah, just mentioned, 9-11 to Ukraine to well, Afghanistan. I mean, I was against occupying Afghanistan. I was against anything to do with Iran. I was against the Gulf War in 1990 um, and uh, obviously against any aid to Ukraine right now. I mean, th this is how this is how they keep everything in a constant state of crisis. I was against the COVID lockdowns. I'm against the climate emergency because I show in the book, emergency power abuse is one of the greatest uh, mm -hmm. violated human rights throughout history, going back to the Roman Republic. And 
this is where we are. One thing I was going to mention about ESG is it's defunding fossil fuel projects in the poorest parts of the world. Uh, and that's where it's horrible. Even things like the World Bank, President Obama, they, if you wanted to put a coal plant, which is cheap, reliable energy that would literally lift millions of Africans out of poverty, if you could do wide scale coal, which is available and cheap and readily available, Africa's got the most natural resources of any continent as a whole. They're stopped. They can't do it. In other words, they're not allowed to make our mistakes. That's what the, the white, wealthy Western environmentalists and the ESG proponents will tell Africans. And that's another component of this. So they're preventing Africans, which is the poorest continent, from actually developing, from rising economic growth, from lowering infant mortality, from longer life expectancy, to medical, medical treatment, to actually cleaning up your environment. The other thing here is cheap fossil fuels of ultimately clean up your environment because they boom an economy. And then you can actually worry about cleaning up rivers and cleaning up the air. The more wealth a country has, the cleaner the environment. If you go to these poor countries, I was in Kenya about 15 years ago on a safari through, I went to Nairobi and then I went out into the Maasai warriors and it was all sorts of problems with you know polluted rivers, trash all along the way. It was incredible. These poor countries have horrible environments and they, of course they have to clear cut trees to burn. They breathe in, they live in huts made of dung, burn dung to keep warm with respiratory problems. So the thing you want to do is bring cheap, readily available energy. And right now that's the form of fossil fuels. Of course, the United Nations version is, no, we're not going to allow coal. We're not going to allow gas and all this fossil fuel in Africa. We're going to give them a solar panel that they can put on top of their hut, which I guess is okay. It's better than nothing, but this is a new form of colonialism. And the UN climate chief actually uh, promoted that idea as they were, Africans were being denied cheap fossil fuels from, you know, from funding and financing early form of ESG. This would have been about 15 years ago. And these solar panels, and again, on a hut made of dung is fine just to give you a little bit of power and give you a taste, but it's not building infrastructure development. It's not building water treatment. It's not building modern hospitals. You're not getting modern dentistry. You're not getting uh, a modern way of life that's going to clean up the environment and clean up your water and clean up your breathing space when you're burning dug or clear-cutting forests and burning trees. This is what we're facing. And again, this is about controlling, particularly the West. It's about leveling the playing field, ultimately, these and they they believe the billionaire class that's pushing this ESG, whether it's the Black Rocks or whether it's coming from the World Economic Forum of Davos, they believe they're all for it because they're going to be in charge of it and they're gonna, like the old Soviet polypier. They're going to be living yep. at the top, but the rest of us, the middle class, will get crushed and the poor will get dependent on government. So you're going to have guaranteed annual income. You're going to have all extensive expansion of social programs and networking and guaranteed health, everything else you can imagine. So you're going to have a guaranteed vote base of poor and more and more poor entering all the time as the middle class is being collapsed by these policies. Um, real quick, a, a couple notes is um, one thing I always try to look at and I always try to tell how to tell other people how to you know view the world is like, remove all language from it and just look at it like physically imagine you're an alien that doesn't understand english and you're just looking at it from orbit like what is the war in the middle east it was us putting our forces over oil in proximity to china and russia strip away everything else what is esg it is what does henry kissinger call them the useless eaters it is to it is imperialism you took the words out of my mouth it is a way for us to change the acceptance to Go get all the good stuff out of Africa. What is we don't call it NAFTA anymore. We don't call it offshoring. We just say we don't apply ESG to China and then go, hey, 
they're doing great. And so now we're allowed to. Don't look at the wording. Don't look at anything else. When you see them moving the Overton window of social acceptance to allow kids in drag shows, don't look at the language. Don't look about being acceptable. What are we looking at? We're looking at the pedophile evolving from a guy that snatches kids to a guy that pulls up in a van and offers candy to now it's right and just to do it. Look at the physical actions and what they are doing. If I'm walking towards you and I'm coming into your house and I'm loading a gun, I might tell you I'm telling you how to make a gun. I'm showing you how your door works. But what you should be doing is going, why the hell is Tommy in my house? Why does he have yeah. a gun? So and yeah. then um, uh, what was I going to say? Lastly, um, to kind of make a note on what I know, I got to let you go. But to make a note on what you said about Chomsky, we see all these guys, right, kind of going against everything they ever stood for because now they're in power. I think that it is important to stop ESG. And I also think it is important for us on our own to make sure that we are not simply rallying as underdogs. I have nothing against the use of solar. Go for it. But it's also... It cannot, we've never removed, we've never gone backwards in energy density. We should be, this isn't some shilling for big oil. We should be moving to nuclear. I don't think there's yeah. anything wrong with energy or with solar, geothermal, whatever. That's great. Go for it. Wind, tide, go for well, it. Allow us to do the rare earth mining. That's the thing we can. I, well, we interviewed the lanthanide mine and yes. Mojave Desert was shut down to environmental concerns. And we interviewed the Chinese head of a, a Chinese lanthanide mine, which is a rare earth metal used in mm -hmm. catalytic converters and a lot of, of uh, renewable energy. He actually laughed and said, well, we have no problem. We don't have the same. We don't have those environmental standards. It won't be <laughs> shut down in China as they shut down the last one of the last U.S. ones. Yeah. So um, but as always, did, dude. Sorry, go on. Well, no, I found the quote I was looking for. Okay. This is really like Ramaswamy. I think if for your audience to actually understand this, here's how he explains sort of ESG and wokeness. A bunch of woke millennials got together with a bunch of big banks. Together, they birthed woke capitalism and they put off Occupy Wall Street up for adoption. And that's when wokeness met capitalism. And he goes on. It's an arranged marriage, not of love. It's more like mutual prostitution because each side in this marriage secretly has contempt for the other. I have seen and that. And he goes quote. on and he says the bilateral arranged marriage turns into what I call a threesome, which is the Communist Party of China getting in the act. So you have the woke millennials in, in Wall Street and China. And, that, and that's the threesome that makes up this corporate social justice scam slash environmental social justice. I thought that was a very colorful explanation that might help your audience. I think it's, I think it's it. beautiful. It's a gang bang <laughs> in the middle class. Sorry, mom. But like, yeah, I mean, and so so lastly, it's like, how do you effectively fight this? It's very easy to see all this and go, oh, God, I mean, what am I even what am I even doing? It is you talk about it in the end of the Great Reset. And I love it is their entire power depends on these aren't tanks yet these aren't tanks these are people no. that their power comes from you can't say that word you can't do this you can't post it's that online shaming. you yeah, can break fact, the matrix just talk about it like we are right now yeah in fact you know in my book i think it was annie applebaum if i'm not mistaken it was someone from the atlantic who gave incredible analysis in Eastern Europe, under the Soviet Union, Soviet domination, one of the biggest ways the communists were able to sway people was not through the gun, not through concentration camps. This is post-World War II. They were able to do it through essentially social pressure. In other mm -hmm. words, people knew what they were doing was bullshit, was wrong, was just dictated by the party. But they were afraid of being judged by their peers. They were afraid of impacts on their spouse or their kids. So they just went along. And I have a whole detail. And that's sort of the way this has gone on now. People are afraid to stand up. 
you know, uh, when you're when your kid's teacher has, you know, the size, you know, I don't know, tits. Uh, yeah, 45, that, that. You know, prosthetic breasts hanging down. Or when, you know, all your kids come home and they're being told that by the fact, virtue of the fact they're white, they're racist. Parents are afraid to speak up for being labeled. It's that same social pressure. And I I have Vaclav Claus. I actually went to Czech Republic to interview him for my film on climate. But I also talked about a lot of other stuff. And he, in my interview, he said, what you need to do, he calls it uh, masterminding from above to fight this you have to literally defy at every level and change the narrative. And what I just said is you have to change the narrative. So this, and then the book, I detail the hopeful message of parents at school boards at the lowest level of politics, entry level politics, turn the state of Virginia, other states win school board levels. We toppled a Democrat party machine in Virginia. That ended up getting noticed the Democratic Party, which they ended up doing focus groups. And as reported by the New York Times, they lifted all the vaccine mandates and mask mandates after these elections and after the analysis, the shock of it, which was led by pa- angry parents at school boards against critical race and and uh, transgenderism and COVID theater and masking, that toppled the Democrat Party machine, which then scared the hell out of Democrats. And then they lifted all these uh, mandates just in time for midterm elections. So it makes you wonder what's coming after. We do know what's coming. According to the Associated Press, Washington Post, Biden set to declare a national climate emergency, give him 130 new executive wartime powers as president without democracy, without a consent of Congress. And digital currency. Digital currency is a whole, we can have a whole other discussion on that someday. That's a whole Uh, new bag of Biden's done a digital, central bank digital currency. Their goal here is to treat money like food stamps. You're only, according to the Bank of England, they've actually stated publicly that the goal of their central bank digital currency, your employer or government makes sure you can only buy things that are sensible. Uh, in other words, if you want to buy a gun, fast food, if you want to buy gas for your car, that may not be sensible in the world in which we live now. And as my my buddy uh, nicknamed Stoli always reminds me, the carbon they want to reduce is you. Is you. Don't yeah. ever forget, <laughs> exactly don't ever forget right. that, baby. The far- carbon yeah. they want to reduce is you. But hey, I kept you 10 minutes longer than I said I would because I'm a terrible host. I am going to get you on, on here longer. The longer than 30 minutes. What was the what was the name of your other book? I know you got great reset for everybody listening. I'll put that uh, in the green description. fraud. What why green the green fraud. deal is worse than you think. And that goes into the green I'm energy. Note of that right now. Green fraud. I'm gonna message you about that and set up another episode so we can do okay, that. Sure. Uh, green fraud. Yeah, if you want to do a longer interview, just uh, right now you got me my publicist. I got you, dude. I got you. Completely, I'm just completely burned out You're right good. now. So you, are if quite you want all to make right. it for like mid-October later in November, that'd be much better. Beautiful. And hey. I'm, I'm like last time I'm the asshole that showed up 15 minutes late. It's not you. I can't go. Uh, I only got you for 30 minutes. Well, you had them for an hour, Tommy, but yeah. you decided that you had, yeah. Hey, it's on me too. I, I, I get it. I get it. Um, no problem. Right. Guys. Great reset is a fantastic book. Like I said, last time, it's probably the best laid out argument against it. It has none of the, it's not seeded with, and they're all reptilians. No, it's a very just dry laid out. And when you realize what it really is, the lust for control, the oldest thing in human history. It's not even the U.S. dollar or gold. It's just power over other humans. It becomes much more palatable. And like you said at the end of your book, these are weak, old, scared people. When you have a small nation that stays within its borders and you draw your lines, it's very hard to invade that nation because they are there. When you try to have a military spread over the world, the current United States, the Roman Empire, the so whatever, it is harder and harder and harder, and it is easier and easier to defeat them because it's ambushes. It's they're in environments they're not used to, the jungle, the desert, the mountains, whatever. Just like this, because it is stretched so thin and so far, it is daunting, but it also means it requires the least amount of energy to fight it. 
You don't have to, not yet, you don't have to pull up a gun. You don't have to go ambush in the, the Middle East. And for the love of God, I'm not inciting violence. This is an analogy. All you got to do is talk about it. You have to talk about it. Just go, hey. Change the narrative. That's what I argue all the time. And, I just, and make your politicians, your local politicians, your Congress, they've got to change. they got to challenge the climate emergency. they got to challenge COVID theater. They have to challenge critical race, challenge Chandander, challenge all these things made without our consent. Yes. Banning cars without a vote creating energy shortages without a vote uh, and creating food shortages without a vote, you know, creating, uh, violating our first amendment without a vote. When did, when did we ever vote for this stuff? It's just happening. And that ESG is a great cautionary tale of how it's happening behind the scenes without people realizing it. Absolutely. I saw a great, I saw a great video. I don't know what the hell it is because I'm already a boomer, but it was some kid. I don't know. It looks like he's in high school. Maybe someone walks up to him. They go acting like a reporter. They go, BLM or um, uh, LGBTQ? And he goes, uh, neither. And the kid goes, what? And he goes, I don't know, neither. And they go, so you're, you're racist and homophobic? And he goes, I mean, I guess if you think so. And he just kind of stares at him. And you just see this, like, yeah. the entire thing shut down. The kid just, he's not a racist and a homophobe. He's just like, he's, he, yes. looks like he just looks like a stoner. He's got long hair. Like, dude, I'm in, I'm in biology. And you just see it. And I think it's beautiful. Just neither. So, with that, Mr. Morano, thank you so much. Books will be in the description. I'll message you set up another episode. I'll put your Twitter in the description as well. Go follow them. Your website's in there, Climate Depot. And um and I'm gonna send you the one minute ESG yes. video that you wanna if you want to add that in our yeah, talk. I'll throw it in. I don't care. Yeah, sure. I'll send it to you right now. I'll email All right. you a little. All right. All right. Thank right. you Thanks so much, lot, sir. Alex. God bless. Yeah. Take care, everybody.